Listeners, it is episode 22 of Playing It Wrong, the podcast about D&D RPGs and stuff. So what do we got this episode? We got the usual stuff. We got tech notes and what personally I'm doing. We've got some call-ins, but we have no call-in from Colin. Colin of Spike Pit. Miss you, man. We got to rewind and get a few things that I forgot to mention in the world-building episodes. And the highlight of this episode, the tale of the Goblin War Cow. All right, let's go for the little tech notes first. Hey, guess what? The podcast is now available on Apple. So, hey, that finally came through. So uh, we'll see how that works out and maybe get more listenership. And speaking of listenership, I'm still debating on that whole monetizing the podcast thing. I don't know. See how many people start listening. Maybe we'll do a Patreon next year, like I said before. It's all stuff that I'm still debating on, and I'm not sure which way I'm going to go on that thing. It'll probably be late this year or early next year before I decide what I'm going to do on that. All right. On personal notes, the blog. I have been busy on the blog and busy on gaming stuff. So the big news, the big thing I'm working on is I'm working on that setting for Sharp Swords and Sinister Spells. We've had our second playtest session last week, and my print-off is full of notes and stuff, and that hopefully will be done by the end of the year. Fingers crossed again, because it's been like eh, two years since I actually published anything on DriveThru. So, wish me luck on that. Also working on, in my copious free time, I'm working on that white box campaign. I really kind of have some gamer ADD where I get really excited uh, always about the next thing, and sometimes it distracts me from the current thing. But that's just me, so or maybe it's not just me. We'll see. Anyway, let me know, and drop by the blog, They might be gazebos.blog. That's the letter B, not B-E, because I was stupid when I registered the domain. So there'll be a lot more updates on both the Scarinth for, which is my setting for Sharp Swords and Sister Spells, and bad things I'm doing to White Box. And that, listeners, has been my rant of shameless self-promotion for right now, anyway. All right, next up, what is the fun part? Oh, yes, of course. Um, what I forgot in my world-building rants, uh, thanks to Glenn Halstrom of uh, Radio Grognard, reminded me, Names. Names are very important, and I hate doing names, and I forgot to even mention names, but I'm going to mention them here. So first, I should actually tell you that it's a really good idea to go to listen to his podcast, and especially, you know, all of his. He's got some really good stuff and handy tricks to make your life easier as a game master. But anyway, like I said, names. Oh, God. I hate doing names. I really do. But kind of the method I've gone with, other than doing the simple, you know, adjective noun type thing of, taking those evocative words or places or things and writing them all down and then start taking out letters, transposing letters, switching letters around and doing that till it comes up with a different cool sounding name that maybe subconsciously reminds someone of something else. The prime example I can think of off the top of my head is that I've ranted before on world building of my world of Zoom, the which is kind of gonzo the letters changed around, and also the main city, Garnax. I'll give you a hint. Gary Gygax, Dave Arneson. Yeah, that's where I got the name from. <laughs> Alright, and yes, as you can tell in this episode, I'm actually awake, unlike I was in the last episode, so I'd like to apologize for that last one, too. I'm sorry I was so so out of it. 
Okay, first for our call-ins, we've got DM Dad and Larry from Follow Me and Die. Hi, Chuck. It's DM Dad here again. I uh, just listened to your uh, podcast about world building. Um, I was thinking about what you said about you want to be surprised as the DM as well. Um, I think the reason that I prefer being a DM to being a player is being surprised. You know, um, when you're the player, you don't know what the DM's going to throw at you. But when you're the DM, you've got four or five people at your table, and from one moment to the next, you don't know what those crazy guys are going to do. And like when I'm when I'm prepping for a session and I'm looking over the encounters that we're probably going to have, and I say probably because you never know. Um, and you think, oh, I think I know how they're gonna how they're gonna react to that. And then I catch myself and I think, you know what? I have no idea what they're gonna do, but we'll just run with it when we get there. Hey, thanks for calling in. And that is one of my key things whenever I'm running a game is I so want to be surprised by what happens. And that is why I had so much fun with Dungeon Crawl Classics, because as the game, the game would step in and just kick over the anthill. And it, it keeps you on your toes as a DM. You know, you, you can't plan anything because the players will go whatever crazy way they want to go. And trying to plan, there's going to be plenty of stuff that they're never going to see that you basically waste your time on. So... Improv. Some of my most memorable sessions have been improv, both as a player and a DM. So thank you for calling in, DM Dad. And we also got uh, Larry from Follow Me and Die up. Hey, check this Larry with Follow Me and Die. Just listening to what you said about world building. Uh, I agree uh, with the point you made about fun and what Howard commented on about the fun for the Game Master. For me, the fun is watching what the players do with my world. They see things... I don't see they go after hooks that I didn't plant and they do a lot of the world building for me and it's also fun to watch them burn down my world because <laughs> uh, consequences in actions are fun to implement. So, uh, and yeah, in world building, don't be afraid to let the characters burn it down. They might burn down the town or destroy the village or whatever through their inaction or carelessness or recklessness. Uh, Enjoy the episodes. Thanks. Thanks for calling in, Larry. And I'm enjoying your episodes, too. Now, I just was listening to both you and DM Dad. I just thought of something, and maybe this is something we can throw out there to the rest of the world. Is that style of kind of make up the whole world as you go along, does that seem like an OSR thing? Is that something that maybe us old schoolers do, that in new schools we need we need the whole campaign world laid out and Every NPC name. Now I know there's old school stuff like a uh, uh, city state of the Invincible Overlord that had like every freaking NPC laid out. But but I don't know. What do you? What does anybody think? Is that like a thing that us OSR grognards are doing? Of like, yeah, I got a world. Yeah, I'm gonna kind of make it up as I go along. Good question. And thanks for calling in, Larry. Now you got me thinking. Dang. Hey, check this. Is Tim Shorts from Gothridge Manor. I like the sound of a mentor. That would be a really cool uh, monster. You need to stat that one up. Uh, world building. I'm uh, definitely... Uh, Chicago Wiz does this version of like a three hex. He develops three hexes. I'm kind of on that, only I kind of do like the hex in the middle and then all the hexes around there. 
and uh, building small, build out, like you said, have some general brush strokes, but definitely source the players for uh, input and material. And I'm building my BX Essentials campaign right now, and that's exactly what I'm doing and hope to get that started soon. So keep up the great podcast, Chuck, and we'll talk to you soon. And, of course, that was Tim from Gothridge Manor. He calls in, too. Ah, yes, Tim, the mentor. The mentor should be up on the blog Monday sometime. I've got the stats in my head. I just got to put it on the blog. So pay attention to that. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. The link's in the end credits that I think I mentioned at the beginning. I know I did mention at the beginning. And I think we're getting consistent on world building of a little bit at a time, not too much detail, enough to cover the subject, but not uh, totally bore both the DM and the players. Um, up next, I got a couple more call-ins. Also, one from Tim and one from Howard from uh, Goblin Stomp. And oh, Howard, I wish I would have thought of that name before you did. Um, this is about my little rant I did last week about uh, you know the uh, high-level thing of you know you just get guilds or keeps or whatever. So hey, listen to what they've got to say. Hey Chuck, Tim Shorts from Gothridge Manor. Uh, we always played it. Our group in general is something that you build upon. Uh, you could actually, you know, end up getting your keeper, thieves guild, or whatever you want to call it, at, at lower levels. Uh, also, but uh, we always gave ourselves like the opportunity. If that's something that the, the character was wanting to accomplish, we try to do it through gameplay. And I, there was, you know, a couple times though where like a fighter wanted to keep, and he was able to find a keep, but then. You had to clear it out and maintain it and build it up and and whatnot. And at a lower level, they weren't able to do that. But once at ninth level, you know, they were able to take care of that kind of stuff. So that's sort of how we played it through play. So, all right, Chuck, take care. And yeah, bring on the weekend. Hey, Chuck, it's Howard from Goblin Stompcast. Uh, Just checking in. I was listening to your rant a moment ago on uh, your little drive-by on, you know, achieving particular levels, say for Thieves, ninth level, getting the guild, whatever it may be. And yeah, I think absolutely it should be, there should be some effort required on the part of the players. They, they sh- there should be interaction, there should be gameplay revolving around that particular acquisition. I think that helps um, engage the players, build lore into the world, and I, I think it's just fun. I mean, I remember doing it, and it was fun. I remember running people through it. I remember it being fun. No reason not to add a little spice to the normal hack and slash of bash door, kill monster, take stuff. So take it easy. Thanks for publishing, and we'll check back soon. Be good. Okay, I see. You know, this. Blah, 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 blah. I'm sorry about that. I just got distracted. Uh, my wife's studio audience of two dogs. One of them just had a very, very scary dream, apparently, and she's just like, oh, like, what the hell is going on? Oh, okay, I'm okay, Daddy. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'll lay back down now, okay? Give me puppy eyes. All right, sorry. But it does seem that, like, we are of like minds when it comes through a lot of things here. It's like, yeah, it seems that OSR thing. Not always yes. I know a lot of people have also disagreed with me, but, hey, it's good when things come together, and, you know, not everybody does it the same way. And like I said, Tim, thanks for calling in. Tim of Gothridge Manor, who, thanks to Anchor, I decided to give him some money on Patreon. And Howard from Goblin Stomp. Oh, goddamn, dude, I just love that name. 
and you got a great podcast. So does uh, Larry from Follow Me and Die. They're all great podcasts here, guys. So I am going to move on to the next uh, next subject. Yes, I'm recording this on the web for Anchor, and then I'm going to do the good parts for on Audacity so I can edit out my tongue-tied stupidness. All right, so coming up, here we go, the meat of the episode. Ah, uh, yes, and now it is time for the tale of the Goblin War Cow. Or as I'm also saying... Why you shouldn't let Grognards play 5th edition, because we will come up with some wild crap. So this actually happened a while ago, and I have to go from memory, but it was such a good story, I had to relive it through the podcast. So I believe it was shortly after Volo's Guide came out for 5th edition, and the DM decided, hey, you know what? Let's do humanoids for a campaign, a little mini-campaign. So we ended up with, I think we had an orc fighter or barbarian, a 1T sorcerer, uh, a kobold, can't remember what the class was, a bugbear ranger, and then there was me. I played a goblin. Not only was I just a goblin, I played a rogue and took the swashbuckler archetype or specialization, whatever they call it. Not only that, for background, I took criminal, but the special pirate background, so I was a pirate goblin. And I was captain, because I had a really big hat. My name? Well, I had to go back and dig out the character sheet, but my character's name was Giacomo Dread d'Artagnan Indigo Rochefort Montoya Roberts. And the worst part of the whole thing is the goblin turns out to be the brains of the operation. So that makes things very, very scary. Our, this is when we were first level. And our task was simple. We were going to sneak into this human town and we're going to loot it. Of course, the main problem was there was a stockade and guards around this town, so we had to find a way to get into town. Our first thought was very good that we're going to do it at night because humans can't see in the dark. But the wall, the guards, and everything else, because we were only first level, were going to be very dangerous. And a lot of the other players kicked around ideas, and none of them were really grognards. So I'm, I'm trying to break them in slowly. I've got them playing DCC. And they're going to be doing white box pretty soon, so I'm going to get them initiated. Don't worry. Don't worry, grognards. I will spread the faith. So the other players are coming up with, well, common sense ideas. And then I speak up. There's an ancient goblin tactic known as the war cow. First, we're going to need a cow. Let's find a cow. They didn't ask, but they just followed my lead. <laughs> Those idiots. <sighs> the players aren't idiots. The, char the characters were idiots for listening to the goblin. But anyway... We scouted around, we found a farm that had a cow. Our bugbear ranger first goes in and decides, I will try to use animal friendship so we can get the cow. So he's sneaking up, he's going to the cow. The orc turns to me, the goblin, and goes, do we need the cow alive? And I said, no, nah, kind of works better if it's not alive. So the orc attacks the cow. And our first combat of the campaign begins. So believe it or not, for first-level characters, a cow can be a challenging encounter. Because the most ironic thing in that whole combat was the cow killed the ranger with a crit. That's right. The bugbear ranger goes to the bugbear afterlife, talks to the other bugbears. They're saying, I was killed by adventurers. I was killed by knights. I was killed by a dragon. How'd you die? I got kicked in the head by a cow. So since the goblin and the kobold well, ain't dragging no cow back to town. We convince the other characters to drag the cow back to the village that we're trying to sneak into. And then the goblin starts planning. The plan is coming together. All right, the first step we got to do is we got to gut the cow. 
Here's what's going to happen. The kobold and the goblin are going to hide inside the cow. Now we're going to take the other characters, and they can squat down behind the front and back legs and kind of move them to move the cow forward. I'm really good at this deception thing, so just let me talk for the cow. The DM, the players, are all laughing like crazy. They let the plan go forward. So we are we are doing the the cow move to the village stockade. And the goblin, who is supposed to be good at deception, of course, rolls poorly. By this point, the, the DM is laughing so hard, he just can't bring himself to fill us full of arrows. So the DM has the guard open the gates, and we scamper, duck walk, whatever, with our cow disguise into the gates and start running through town being chased by guards who are thoroughly confused. This is when we find out the DM really wanted us to get into town because there's this mystical tower in the middle of the town and it's sealed that the locals can't get into because, well, maybe there's something bad in there. Well, it turns out there is something bad in there. And the something bad in there was looking for something else bad to help it out. And, well, we were the something bad to help it out. So we get this telepathic message of, you're invisible, just come to the tower. So we go to the tower to escape the guards and we're invisible, we're still in the cow. And of course, whatever entity this is, is telling us, all right, come inside, leave the cow. The goblin immediately gets into an argument with whatever entity this was. And finally, yes, the goblin did get to take the war cow in. Um, we did try, we did take the war cow back out after we got through the dungeon um, and uh, kind of uh, scared the uh, locals by releasing all sorts of demonic heck upon them. But hey, we were... Well, we were kind of evil. I was, what was I? Eh, well, whatever. I just put chaotic as alignment because I guess that's how big a grognard I am. Anyway, that is the tale of the Goblin War Cow. That's one of those memories that I really, really enjoyed. And hopefully you've managed to sit through this episode to this good meaty part at the end. Anyway, maybe this week I'll do something crazy in our Call of Cthulhu game or I can recall some other thing that was a wild and crazy adventure we've had because that's... To me, that's some of the best things about gaming. It's not about system, it's about doing the crazy stuff. And crazy stuff is system neutral. Actually, I can put it this way, dumb plans are system neutral. Alright, so that wraps up this episode. And, you know, I, I don't know, I may try to go to two episodes a week. I don't know, we'll see how my weeks turn out here. and What inspiration strikes me. As usual, thanks for listening. But then again, I see that immediately in that in end credits thing that I already recorded. Thanks for listening. So, thanks for listening. Leave messages. Visit the blog. Da 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 da. Here comes the end credits. And thanks for listening. Please visit the blog at theymightbegazebos.blog. That's theymightbegazebos.blog. And the letter B, not B, spelled out. Or visit us on Facebook and just search for They Might Be Gazebos. Ask us questions and you might get an answer. If not, we'll just make up the questions and the answers. Remember, roll dice, kill monsters, take their stuff, and have fun. Intro music is Metal Mania by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 3.0 Attribution License. Please visit his website at incompetech.com. That's incompetech.com. Really, visit it. There's also downloadable graph paper and hex paper. Additional sound effects from freesound.org, used under Creative Commons 0.1.0 Universal License. Wait, you're still here? Okay, that's cool, because I'm just adding this last bit in. That character did make it up to fourth level looking at it, and I was pretty deadly with a hand crossbow because I think that turned out to be my thing. All right, thanks for listening. Keep the
of dice rolling folks. Hey, and always have a war cow in your inventory. They're like dead chickens. Krognards will get that joke. <laughs>